All right, so here we are now with another conversation. And today I thought I would add some words to go along with the series that we just finished, which is What Happened in India. So that was a 10-part series, and I was sharing personal stories from my time traveling in India and staying at the Osho International Meditation Resort. And you probably do need to listen to that to have any sort of significance with what we're talking about here today. This is sort of an after-effect. This is like... What happened after all that? What are the long-term what are the long-term sort of implications and what are the long-lasting effects of hardcore, deep spiritual practice? So you probably need to listen to the series before you listen to this episode. And ah, where do I begin? I mean, what's happened after India? I mean, how long has it been? Really? Really? When I honestly ask myself how long it's been, I actually don't know. I can't tell how much time has passed since I got back. And of course, I can look at the calendar and say, well, it's 18 months, approximately. And that doesn't really mean anything to me, right? This thing of time and space has long, long been gone. And that's not to say that I'm always in this state of timelessness. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not in some peak place 24-7. Much the contrary, in fact. But, yeah, for a long time now, my sense of time has been very very messed up <laughs> in a lot of ways. And a lot has happened since I got back. I mean, I got back and basically a week after I got back or about a couple of weeks after, I was still sort of staying with friends and trying to find a place of my own. And the world pandemic broke out. COVID-19 broke out. And it very quickly became apparent that this was a world event. This was a global problem, a global emergency. And the resort actually shut down. They actually had to close completely. And they closed for over a year, in fact, in the end. And they even had to sell some of their property to stay financially afloat. So, yeah, if I ever go back or when I go back, it won't be the same again, that's for sure. And they only just recently opened up with restrictive hours, so they're not even taking international visitors. And the other thing, probably the most heartbreaking thing, was seeing India on the news and just just having it hit me of how much pain and how much suffering there would be 
because of this pandemic, how much terrible, terrible loss there was. And of course, on the Australian news, they sort of portrayed the pandemic in India by having some images come up of like a big warehouse and a big hospital. And that was pretty much it. And it was like this thing of, oh, there's lots of space. And it was only two very small, very short sort of images, right, to sort of portray, well, this is what's happening in India. And I knew, I just knew, like, it was just so heartbreaking to realize that those those images have nothing to do with the reality. And there would just be so much hurt. Like, how could a city like New Delhi even function? Like, to be in that city during a pan like it's just it's just too much it's too hurtful so i really i really pray for the people in india and i'm really glad of the 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 privileged situation that i'm in where i'm largely protected by these sorts of dangers on the island on the continent of australia so i came back I found a place to live by myself, just subletting a room, and I got to work on all the creative projects that I wanted to do, which was mostly my podcast and mostly those sorts of things with teaching and online courses. And for a couple of weeks or even a couple of months, very bizarre things were happening to me. I was finding myself in these states which which were inexplicable, right? Some days I would be bedridden and I couldn't really know why. It would be like it would be like my body would be perfectly relaxed. Just like perfectly relaxed, you know, like I'd do a body scan and there wouldn't be an inch of tension. Just perfectly relaxed. And then my mind would be really clear, like really slow thoughts, really clear thoughts, really easy to distinguish the mind from the rest of my experience and from a witnessing distance. And then also energetically, there would be like this kind of ecstasy, right? This this amazing energetic flow that would happen just above my body, almost like an outer body experience. And with all this going on, there would also be a pain. And that's, that's so bizarre, right? Like perfectly relaxed body, energetic ecstasy, perfectly clear mind with pain, right? And I would be like, where is this pain? I just did not know. I just did not know. And, and it was so bizarre, it was so, so strange to me to be in that sort of state. And of course, like to come back to society and to have that shock and to have it sort of seep back into me, creep back into me, was painful. And I did find myself really quite badly 
ground into a, a very hurtful low, a very dark low. And the lesson, I guess, right, that I have to have or I should have taken was that you put someone in an environment which builds them up to the superhuman levels, then they will become a superhuman, right? They will become something amazing, like I did. Then you put someone in an environment which is degrading, hurtful, and sort of sucking the life out of you, such as this Western life culture that we live in, this consumer culture that we're in, and they get the life sucked out of them. They become that thing, right? And it's like, well, which one am I? And of course, the answer is neither. And the answer is both, right? That's the lesson to learn. And it really does suck you. Like, it really does sort of weigh on me. Being completely isolated, being completely lost, being completely cut off, and having just all these vices, these old vices just there, right in front of my face. And I realized that in Australia, basically, I'm the bottom of the food chain, right? In India, I had been some kind of superhuman, some kind of king, right? And not a king as in that I'm better than anyone else. It was the the king as in the sort of like all your best qualities are brought forth in this beautiful flowering. And now back in Australia, it's like the opposite, right? I'm isolated. I'm desperate. And, and even something as simple as the money, right? Like to be unemployed, heterosexual, male, it, it's, it's basically like having cancer in Australia. You're, you're basically the, like, Having cancer, but without the compassion, right? You are the lowest of the low. And everything around you, the advertising, the cultural norms, the things that people say, the things my friends said about me, everything was telling me that there was something wrong with me and that I was a loser, right? And I realized, you know, in India, I was a millionaire. I realized that it's 50 rupees to a dollar. I was a millionaire in India. And yet in Australia, I'm below the poverty line. I'm below the lowest of the low. Right? And to be single and to be stuck and to be living in this sort of, actually what turned out to be a very dingy place, was really, really hard. And of course then, well, the pandemic was on. So we were in lockdown, right? So don't go anywhere. Jobs aren't hiring, right? I was applying for jobs. I was applying for the, sh- the, the kicker jobs, the dirt kicker jobs, and just saying, well, I just need something to keep me occupied. And I couldn't get any of those, right? So that was like another slap in the face, right? All of my skills, anything that I have, it's all worthless. Anything that I've got, it's all worthless. And I can't go out and meet people right? Because we're in lockdown. There's all, all of a sudden this, this big taboo against gathering in social circles. There's this big taboo against approaching people, right? Social distancing comes into play. So it was very much just like this big crash. 
in so many ways. And I did experiment a lot with techniques, right? I did a who is in by myself. I did a series on tell me who is speaking. I did a mirror series. I did self-reflection series. I did a whole bunch of things that were sort of in the same vein as those Osho techniques, except I was doing them by myself in my room. So there was still light. There was still positive moments. And I remember this weird freak occurrence happened, which was that I I logged onto my Facebook and I found this new friends request. This would have been like four or five months after I had returned. And I logged on and there was this friend request <laughs> from this girl who I had met there, right? And I'd only known her very short time, right? We'd only been friends and talking for just a couple of days because she had just arrived and I was there and then she had to leave. And of course, length of time doesn't mean anything for human connection. It's really about depth. Time and depth are two very different things. And especially in that ball of magic, in that adventure, you can have a very deep connection with someone. And I remembered her. I remembered <laughs> I remembered talking to her. I, in fact, remember connecting with her. And I remember thinking, if, if, if I meet someone like this again, I should marry her. This is the kind of woman I need. This is the kind of woman I could spend a long time with. And it was so shocking that she had found me on Facebook <laughs> because my name had changed, right? When I knew her, I was Andrew Lake and my name had changed to Dosta. And so it was just like, damn, you remember me? And then we connected and then we started chatting and it was like, wow, whoa, this is so significant. And it turns out, well, she actually did like me as well. She felt the connection on the other side. So it was like I had this, this amazing new connection of that distant dream reigniting in me, right? And I remember I remember being in bed one one day and just you know, thinking this through, like, this, this is crazy. She's on the other side of the world. We're in this pandemic. We're locked down. This is stupid. Why am I, why am I starting to fall in love with this, with this girl? This is, this is so irrational. And then I ask myself, no, hang on. Does this make you feel more alive? And when that question ticked over in my mind, when I asked myself that, does this make you feel more alive? I had the shock, I had the burst of love come out of me. I felt it just well up and explode out. And I thought, yes, yes, it does. This is what it's all about. And so that sort of even added to my aloneness, right, and my isolation. Because now I had this thing, this person that I wanted to connect with who... I just couldn't, right? The Australian government had put a lockdown on all international travel. And don't get me on start don't don't get me started on how bad that is, right? Now, like there's a rant 
here just waiting to happen about the Australian government. So I'm trying not to go into that, right? And I really can't ultimately say anything too bad about the Australian government because we're in a pretty privileged country, okay? We've got support, we've got healthcare, we've got great roads, we've got the infrastructure, we've got social security systems in place. And I have been relying on those, right? I am part of that. The Australian government has been very giving, particularly through the pandemic. And yet, a civil liberty such as travel has been denied to me, right? And it's like, I can understand not wanting people to come in because they're bringing a sickness into the country. But what's the logic between not letting people out, right? I don't get it. I really don't get it. And of course, it's personal. Of course, it's hurtful for me because I want to get the hell out of here, right? It's like, what what use am I at all to anyone that's around me, right? I just keep feeling again and again that I'm useless, worth, useless, worthless, and just there's no need for me anywhere. And it's like, well, I'll go somewhere where I'm needed. I'll go somewhere where I can apply my skills. I'll go somewhere where I can just help anyone and I can do any sort of work, whatever it is. Because that's so important to be of use to someone, right? That's such a pressing issue. And you could say, well, that's just where you're at on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's just a momentary sort of need that once it's satisfied, you'll move on to the next thing. And you could say, well, yes, that is true. But, you know, that's the reality of it. Psychology aside, this is the reality of the reality of it. So, it really, you know, it really, really sucked to be in Australia after all that happened in India and to have, like, no support from my family, no support from anyone around me. You know, I had, like, two friends, maybe, like, one or two friends who I would see to have no girlfriend, right? I mean, my girlfriend that I was with in India, well, she also had to go back to her home country. And it, and it sort of ended, but it didn't really end, right? It's like we're still on speaking terms, but it's like, what happened? Where are we at? We don't know, right? So I'm still very much entwined with her. And then to not have any job and then to say, well, okay, I'll work on my own things. And then, <laughs> well, how has that turned out for me? Maybe you can be the judge. So it's been really, really hard. And I did I did end up going into a pretty dark place. And for a while there, I was, this was sort of moving out of that house, which was so bad for me, that first house that I moved in when I came back. I sort of moved out and then, moved into this new place and then I went on meditation retreat and I was working so hard to sort of get back to my higher self and then really trying to get myself going, say, okay, I have to make some online courses. I have to do some teaching. I have to create some things. I have to really get my act together. It's like, come on, what's wrong with you? You really have to get your act together. This is your chance, right? This is the perfect opportunity to do the work. So do the work. What's wrong with you? And then it's like, oh, but I have this 
this cloud just hanging over me. I have these I have these addictions, I have these habits. It's just like, oh, how do I come out of that? And then to have that boil and to really overtake me was was quite bad because I found myself so lost and I actually became homeless for a while. So I was living in my car and just driving around and sort of just being in that dark state and just just being nothing, just being broken, right? And I was living in my car for a couple of weeks and it wasn't that I was homeless really. I mean, I always had a place to sort of go back to, but psychologically and emotionally and spiritually, I was homeless. And that sort of led to my few weeks of living in the car and just just being broken, right? Being hopeless. And, you know, it's been... It's been a trek to come out of that. It's been a real struggle to step off that and to learn from that. And, you know, it's not all there yet. It's not completely there. It's still a process. It's still ongoing, right? I still have darkness in me. I still have this hurt in me. Even though I've discovered all these amazing things, I'm only human, right? It's just like, are you a superhuman? Or are you a pathetic loser? It's like, well, I'm both. Are you great with women and all the women are chasing you by the pool? Or are you a desperate single loser who can't get a girlfriend? And it's like, well, I'm both. And it's like, well, are you this great experiencer of consciousness and ecstasy and perception? Or are you just some dark, depressed guy who can't pull himself up by his bootstraps and it's like well I'm both right I've been both and it and it goes on it goes on and on and on right am I clear in my mind and able to illustrate ideas simply or do I just have this babble and just go on and on and get confused in neuroses it's like well I'm both I'm always both and it's this thing of Seeing both and making the connections that is really allowing me to sort of step back and see, well, I'm beyond all that. There's a lesson to learn which is beyond all that. There's a space to step into and see how all of this is just stuff within the silence. It's all just noise within the, the silence of space. Like the whole world is in silence, just like I learned. And then another side of it is just like, well, harden up, you know? Just stop moping about, stop feeling sorry for yourself, and just go out and get what you need. Get what you want. Be a man about it, right? Be a man. Step up to the plate. Harden up, right? And it's like, well... I can do that to an extent, but that's only part of the story, right? It's like, how do I be realistic about that? How do I really tie it all together? So, yeah, and I've by no means figured it all out. I've by no means sort of broken through into this permanent state. The idea of permanence is is just 
Like, like you might have this idea, I'm going to go and do all this consciousness work and that's going to bring me to some higher level which I'll stay at, right? But this is, this is an amateur's sort of notion of spiritual transformation. And it's always, it's always a matter of stepping up, bringing your best game and sharpening your awareness, deepening your awareness. And, of course, in some ways, I am on a higher level. I am on that better plane. But it doesn't mean there's a whole lot more to work from. And another sort of funny thing that I did was when I started up the podcast is I got this photo shoot, right? You might have seen this photo on the podcast of me in the white robe on this huge cliff face. And I'm sort of standing up doing this Qigong pose. And you can sort of you can sort of get that impression like, oh, does he think he's enlightened now? <laughs> right? Does he think he's some sort of guru or something like this? And it's like, no, that's not what's going on there. What's going on there is that I'm just trying to illustrate the glory, right? I'm just trying to capture that magnificent sort of experience in an image. And I realized that was the only way to do it. That was the only sort of imagery that would work for that. And it's in fact not this pose. It's not like this Qigong pose where it's like, I am so great. It's actually a humbling pose, right? To open to God. This pose of standing on a cliff and looking up like that is actually receiving something bigger than you, which is God or existence or infinity, or the ocean, right? I'm actually looking out on the ocean. The ocean is infinite. To accept the ocean is to realize you are smaller than something else. Like how much water is in the ocean <laughs> compared to me, right? So it's very much just like, like, and I know it's a bit like, you know what? It's a bit cheesy, you know, the whole, the whole spiritual new agey sort of thing, you know, like guy in a white robe, especially a white guy, right? And then bare feet and doing that sort of pose. It's a bit, it is a bit cheesy, but I get it, right? Because you, you're left to these sorts of things because there's no other way around it. There's no other way to explain it. There's no other way to capture it. And of course, I still have my darkness, you know, I have my terrible habits, I'm only human. I'm all too human. I'm all too animalistic as well. I'm just an animal, really. And in some ways, I put that picture there on the podcast to remind myself, right? I need these reminders that, hey, something significant has happened to you. You've discovered something truly extraordinary, and it's rare. It's rare that people encounter such things and it's rarer still that they realize the significance of such things. And that really is something precious. So it's up to me to <laughs> live up to it, to do the work, just as it is for you, right? You've got to do the work. You've got to find it for yourself. And in many ways, it's... it's it's easier for you because now people can tell you about it, right? I had to go around the world 
spend all that money to discover these things. And now I'm spitting it out for you. So, yeah. There's no easy answer. But there is tremendous beauty to be discovered. So, yeah, I'm going to wrap this up because my camera has a limit on it and I don't want to take another another cut. So, thanks very much for tuning in. Please leave me a comment. Hope you have a good week. And remember to meditate, remember to do your practice. So, thanks. And that's all I have to say for now.